I said what I meant, and I meant what I said. Donald Trump is the most pro-black president I've ever seen. And I'm a pretty good judge of character. You know, I saw when uh, Ronald Reagan came and all the help he did. We needed that crack. We needed that crack in our community. It brings people back to the church. So it's important that we pray for Donald Trump. So don't feel no shame. Don't just because Don Lemon press you. Don't feel no shame. Don Lemon ain't running nothing. Donald Trump is. Ha ha. That's who running it. The most pro-black. You think Obama was gonna come through? Nope. The only person more pro-black than Donald Trump is my good buddy David Duke. Yeah, I'm gonna try to get him to run next year. See if he'll slide us some money. Hey man, how's that private jet working out for you? Mm-hmm. Having trips to Mar-a-Lago. All right, man, well, I got to roll. Let me put this uh, paint back on my face and paint this lipstick on my lips and go back out here and uh, make these white folks rich. What's going on, everybody? How are you doing? Long time no see. This is your boy, Jesse McCoy, and I'm here with the world's foremost legal humorist, Sean Carter. How you doing, man? Oh man, doing doing well, man, doing well. Um, I, I, I'm, I was gonna say I'm, it's a little hot up here in Arizona. I'm sweating like like a Baptist preacher, um, but uh, <laughs> Baptist preachers are sweating a little too much this week. Oh my goodness, man! Now, well, I think they were they weren't sweating enough. Uh, so, <laughs> so, they gonna start. For those of you who may have missed out, uh, there was a tremendous this, act of this was- sorry about that. Go ahead. Uh, there was a, a tremendous act of coonery and uh, something that just derives from the sellout handbook. Mm. And what we're talking about here is the black preachers who met with Trump under the guise of, quote unquote, praying for Trump as if they couldn't do that at their own homes or at their own respective churches. They need to go. It's not for a photo op. It's to pray for Trump. Uh, you know, uh, we're going to start with, I guess, with Pastor Scott. Um, oh, and yes. let's just play this clip um, in which um, this is probably going to go down in history. This is this is right up there with um, I Have a Dream. And, um, and 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 we've been we've been what was that? We've been a hoodwinked. A bamboozle, run astray. Uh, yeah, this is going to be that, but 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 not famous, kind of infamous. Here, and let's get, um, let's just go ahead, Scott. Tell him. No black president that we've had in our lifetime because, and I try to. By the way, let's be clear. He is talking to President Trump, and he says he is the most pro-black president in his lifetime. Let's do it again. No black president that we've had in our lifetime because, and I try to. You know, analyze the people that I encounter. This president actually wants to prove something to our community, our faith-based mm-hmm. community and our ethnic community. The last president didn't feel like he had to. He- uh, stop, stop, Jesse. Stop, stop, stop. Mm-hmm. Uh, just remind me, who was the last president? The last president was the great, the amazing, the intelligent, the wonderful Barack Obama. Uh, that was a black one, right? Yeah, <laughs> he he he's saying that Trump is going to be more pro-black than the black president because the black president didn't have anything to prove to black people, but Trump really, really wants to to get into the hearts and minds of the people from the shithole countries. Mm-mm-mm. And and keep in mind, um, <laughs> Trump is seated here. Uh, amongst all the black black preachers, uh, and he looks like he's engaged almost as much as he did when he said that there were good people on both sides <laughs> of the Charlottesville Bay when neo Nazis ran a white woman with a car, amongst others. So, <laughs> so I, I don't know what uh, news channels that Daryl Scott has been watching, but this is one thing I'll say: I'm going to give credit where credit is due. Daryl Scott. He'd been a sellout. Like this, this is uh-huh. news, right? So Daryl Scott, he was a sellout during the campaign. 
people on, from the news stations were trying to figure out how he react to people calling him a coon. He says, well, I'm not a coon, blah, 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 but he does coonish things. And I was always taught, if you look like a coon, you act like a coon, and you do things that coons do, then guess what? You know what, <laughs> guess what? So, you know, the, the good pastor uh, is, is towing the line. He's saying the same thing that he always does. Right. But when I look at this video, what really, really, really makes me live it is if you look immediately to Donald Trump's right, there is Pastor John Gray Jr. from South Carolina. Right? <laughs> and John Gray Jr. was in the room, part of this coalition. I think if you when you heard the video, you heard that when Scott said he's the most pro-black president, there was silence. No, nobody said anything to contradict it. Right. Everybody just went along with it for the purpose of this meeting. But yet, John Gray Jr. drives his butt over to Don Lemon tonight. <laughs> Don Lemon being the ear into the black community so that he can get up here and basically talk about his rationale for why he went to soothe over everything so black people don't come taking things away from him or boycotting him like they did Chrisette Michelle or like or like they did Steve Harvey or like they did anybody else who went over and dealt with this. And I'm, I'm really upset because I feel like you don't even, like you've already had the benefit of seeing other people go down this path. You saw right. what happened to come. You saw what happened to these people when they go and they meet with Trump and they get zero done, right? You've seen it. But you continuously go and then you go try to wrap it up into some kind of Christian-based theory about, well, I was just going to pray for the president. Do we, do we have the clip? Oh, yeah. Let, let's, see, let's see if we can get the, this clip up. Um, and we might have to, to skip around a little bit in it. Uh, I've, got it I've got it loaded here. Um, It'll be up in, in, in a second. Okay. Yeah. Great, so great he, he, goes on, he goes on Don Lemon. Now, for those of you who don't watch Don Lemon, uh, as far as black America is concerned, Don Lemon is kind of our conduit into news. And what I mean by that is Don Lemon could get on TV right now and present the same stories and tell me the same stuff that Wolf Blitzer does, that Anderson Cooper does does that Chris Cuomo does. But for some reason, when Don Lemon says it, I feel like it's of the utmost <laughs> importance <laughs> because he is speaking directly to black America. He's in the time slot. Was inter he was interested in right, helping right. anyone. All right. You're right. So, so Don Lemon, you're right. And, and that's the thing is, you know, just what you're saying that important is, is that, you know, he basically went on, you know, the black version of Walter Cronkite. Like, this is where you go if you wanted to talk to, to all the new savvy black people, right? You're going to go right. to Don Lemon. You're not going to go to Rachel Maddow. All right. You know, you're not going to go to obviously Sean Hannity. You got to come to Uncle Don. All right, Lemon. And by the way, here's the best part is until Trump got elected, I mean, I don't know if you remember, but, but I was, Two, two ignorant remarks away from flying to Atlanta and whooping down Don Lemon myself. All right, <laughs> you know he was he was already on the cusp, and now he's turning to Malcolm X. All right, since Trump got elected, but let's just start and, and let's hear the pastor's excuse. What do you think? Did, we, did you expect the cameras to be there? Uh, no. When I first heard about this and was invited, I actually said, "I don't want to take pictures. I will go. I will listen. I will give my input." but I don't want to be photographed. And that was because I understood that certain parts of our community, the faith-based community and the African-American community, and rightfully so, have felt uh, immeasurable pain mm -hmm. uh, when you're dealing with uh, an administration that at times has drawn moral equivalency to the Unite the Right rally, who, the people who organized it and those who opposed it. That's unconscious. So, why, look at, so then why go there and lend your credibility to him? Because there's... Um, there are other ways that you can participate that may be strategically smarter and more influential than being seen on the same page with someone who um, mo many people, most people of, of color in this country, black folks, think that his policies, his speech, his language, his behavior, mm -hmm. all of that are detrimental to African Americans. You can help out in, in other ways rather than sitting next to him and him having taken a picture. Let me him. ask you this. You just invited me to your table. Mm -hmm. We don't know each other. We don't agree on everything, I'm sure, if we had the conversation. But we're at the table for dialogue. 
the purpose of that conversation was to talk about prison reform. Mm -hmm. It was the express. I, I, I can't. I can't listen anymore. First of all, <laughs> brother, sound like you need a Kleenex. All right, you're all husky and and and, and the voice. Uh, uh, secondly, uh, I don't want it. Once you say uh, we sit at the table for dialogue. <sighs> What dialogue do you have with a white supremacist? And by the way, here's the thing about it is not just that, but a moral degenerate. Do you realize that the president is technically a whoremonger? There literally is a term in the Bible where if you look up the dictionary, it says, see Donald Trump in 2000 years. All right. Where yeah. I've seen the first lady. All right. Uh, hoo-ha on the Internet. I'm not proud, but 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 I, I couldn't miss it. All right. It's on every damn website. All right. And the point is this, is that how are you going to sit down there and say, I want to have dialogue? Why don't you go to the pimp's house? All right. Pimps, I'm sure pimp want to talk to you about something and maybe give you a contribution. Why? You know, you can't sit down with a moral degenerate racist and be, be a leader of the black community and say, hey, he just wanted to talk to me. All right. I don't care what, what, what if you happen to want to talk to you, you're going to go there too. Yeah. Well, this brother would, they had chicken wings, but the point is <laughs> <laughs> don't tell yeah. me the other thing he says, we don't have time to get into it is how he didn't even really want to go, but Jesus made him go. Jesse, Jesus. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Mm -mm -mm. And, and what's crazy is he talking about, I didn't know it was going to be cameras. I told him I wouldn't, I didn't want photos. So is that why, Yo, big ass was sitting to the right of the president. <laughs> You're in the next seat. You, you, what has Donald Trump done that that wasn't on on Twitter? Wasn't Thank on the you. Picture? What has he done? What has he done? So you know, I just don't. I don't buy any of it. I feel like it's strategic. I feel like you can't leave Donald Trump's house and then go to Don Lemon trying to confess your sins. I feel like uh, putting Jesus in it was just a whole new level of. of um, I don't know if I want to say manipulation and trying to convince your flock. But here's what I don't get, though. Is that you understand the other people. Maybe they, they, but he knew he messed up, right? Because he immediately runs to Don Lemon, which makes me think that maybe he thought, you know, I can sneak in there, no cameras. I'll just be able to sneak in, sneak out, and basically got caught. And now he's trying to, you know, do the damage control because he knew he was wrong. But that's that's how bad when it is. You know you're wrong. When he didn't have to get back to church next week. He knew immediately he was wrong. So I'm trying to, you know, like only he's in there thinking, I wonder what time Don start taping at night. Can I get to the studio right before um <laughs> before he before he finished that last, you know, good night? Because I know I got something explaining to do before my congregation on, on Sunday. Right. They had one brother's right. church. He'd been a Trump supporter, and he asked this weekend for a thousand dollars a person, mm -hmm. and 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 the fight broke out in the church. Mm. And they were like, you know, we all know what they were more mad at—the thousand dollars a person or the Trump. But I do know that. Um, how do I say this? Um, you know, you might be the leader of the flock, uh, but you're still a sheep too. And, and, right, and right. Me, we, we won't we won't do some shearing uh, if, <laughs> if you cross the line. You know, you're not the pope where we just gonna take what you have to say. You know, what I mean, if, if you do something that we don't like, uh, you, you be having church by yourself. Well, I, I want to kind of explain this because I know some of our listeners. Uh, we we've now progressed to I believe over 1,200 listeners. All right, good, many good. of them do, many of them do not look like us and do not understand why the church is so powerful. So I want to kind of explain okay. to that community why the church is so important in the African-American community. So for us, for, for much of our history, the church was the basis for education, for congregation, for us to really talk about social issues that we weren't allowed to talk about out in public, right? Thank so you. the people who led those churches got uh, positions of power where they were the voice of our community. They were the emissary that went out into the, the national spotlight or the local spotlight and addressed all the things that their congregation was saying, but they also laid out the game plan for any kind of action or change. Since that time, these uh, a lot of preachers have found ways to convert that, that trust, that fiduciary relationship, if you will, 
into a money-making expedition. No, so for no, 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 I ain't going to let you say that. You ain't going to tell me that these, <laughs> that these brothers in Rolls Royces and Lear Jets are, 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 are getting money. You're not going to tell me that about the black church. Not not the sanctified black church. Don't tell me that. <laughs> I'm not going to listen. Not a, and, and again, a guy named Creflo Dollar is not in it for the money. Don't tell me the dollar is in it for the money. <laughs> Well, and again, and I and I want to be very clear. I think that there are a lot of uh, church pastors, including my own. Shout out to Pastor Dixon. Right. There are a lot of church pastors who I feel like you see them in hospitals, uh, sitting with people uh-huh. who don't have family. You see them uh, doing a lot of community service, feeding homeless every day. You right. see them out and about advocating for change with the city council and with the county commission. You see them. And I think they don't get the the respect that they deserve for the work that they do. Mm-hmm. And I also say that it's not like they get an extra paycheck for doing that stuff. They're doing that because they want to improve the community that their church is based in and the uh, lives of the congregation. Absolutely. However, <laughs> you also see a lot of people, and I won't say names like Pastor John Gray because I don't know him personally, but it seems fitting in this situation. You see a lot of people like Pastor John Gray who uh, who – Go and take advantage of an opportunity to exploit something for immediate personal gain without evidence of any kind of advocacy for the community that they're supposed to be representing. And oftentimes what that is repackaged and sold back to that congregation is, is that, hey, I was trying to help with some big ticket issue, in this case, criminal justice reform. So the thing about it is they're not looking for a a congregation or a church member to say, okay, well, what result came? But there was somebody, also a man of the cloth, who did want to talk about what results actually came out of the meeting. And this is Pastor. Oh, you want to go to to Pastor uh, Jamal Bryant? Yes. Oh, let's let's go to that. All right, hold on. Give us a second. This this is a second to get there. Um, I, let me just say this, uh, he didn't, you know, he's a man of God, so he's not gonna, um, curse, um, but it's gonna feel like cursing. You are. Right. <laughs> I just want to let you know this. I have to say, I got to meet the president. And I want to know when Daryl Scott said that Donald Trump will be the greatest asset to black America in the history of this nation because Obama has done nothing? I want to know how none of you around the tables didn't say a word. Not a word. None of you corrected him. None of you challenged him. None of you said it was out of order. Can you imagine? That I can't imagine it. Come on, come on. We got to do some call and response, Jesse. He's preaching. He's preaching. I can't imagine it, Pastor. Preach on, Pastor. Preach on. I can't on. imagine it either. He being around the table of rabbis and their most lauded and celebrated Jewish man be vilified by another Jew that the Jews at the table wouldn't have stood up? Can you imagine that with Italians? Can you imagine it with the Latino community? Can you imagine that with the Irish? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. No more sellout Negroes. We can't do it. We are fighting by the hair on our chinny chin chin to keep the body of Christ relevant. And you all going in there today and asking for nothing, challenging nothing, has made us do the electric slide backwards. Mm. Mm-hmm. The electric slide, which, by the way, I got, I'm going to confess this because uh, it's just, uh, just us right now. Um, I, I can't do electric slide, Jesse. Oh. <laughs> I can't figure out if I'm going to dip before I turn. Do I go? Is it one, two dip? Is it back? I, I, I got to watch it again. But anyway, he, he made the point. It depends though, right? on the audience that you're electric sliding with. But that's that's another. Oh, all right, another all right, all right. I, I just clap along uh, like I do at church. All right, but but the point is though <laughs> is that you know he did make the point, and this is by the way, you know I, I've seen this. I saw this here locally. We had a shooting incident a couple months ago. I go to it was during our hiatus. I go there to uh, you know speak up as a father in the community because it's in my community, my my hood. I'm not going to let this happen in my neighborhood. Show 
up ready to preach. I got my shorts on and, and Crocs. I got my Crocs on. You know I'm ready, right? right. And, and right. I grabbed a bullhorn because I'm 50 and you can do that when you're 50 you're black because people don't know. And, and so I grabbed right. a bullhorn and, and I'm talking and there are a bunch of pastors there. And the next night we have a meeting. What we're going to do is community. You know, we're going to burn the place down. What are we going to do? Right, handle this. It's our it's our backyard. And the pastor said, "Hey, we we, we had a round table uh, with the mayor and the chief of police and and, and the good men, and we need to, to stop all this and, and pray for them for a while and and, and let them investigate the thing that we saw all on video. All right, of a brother being right. you know beat up by seven eight cops, you know under, you know compliant and everything. We got a video, but but they need to do an investigation, and and we need to, to have faith in the investigation. And there is something about being around the table of power. And I think what it is, is, is lemon pledge. Lemon pledge. <laughs> There's something about what they put on those tables. I'm not using, I'm just using, you know, water and stuff and, and, and baby wipes. I need to be using lemon pledge on my table because there's something about the table that makes black people want to come back so much so that they'll get rid of all their principles. You know, the night before they want to burn the place down, but, but today we need to wait and, and hear out because you know what? Maybe it's, it's the chicken quarter on blue. Whatever they serve for lunch, or it must be it, or, you know, that watercress salad, because there's something about it that makes people want to be, and I get it, you know, everybody wants to be at the seat of power, even if they don't have any power there. They just want to be in the seat of it, to be near it. Um, Power is sexy. Um, and so apparently, you know, these brothers, I was so glad to see, um, you know, the, the pastor here call his brothers to repentance. Um, I, I, do you think, uh, Scott was, was, is repentant? Um, no. <laughs> and, and, and I think the other thing that, that Jamal Brown brought up is nobody addressed Donald Trump's disrespect of Auntie Maxine Waters, mm. right? No, nobody did anything except take pictures, but yet people like John Gray are coming out talking about, well, I didn't want pictures. I didn't want a photo op. Well, if you didn't want pictures in a photo op, and you. you didn't get any kind of reform and you didn't stand up when they were saying stuff that's obviously ludicrous uh, about Donald Trump being pro-black. What were you there for? Like, I'm what so else was, what else we were you going to do? That you exclusive. No, no, you're right. What else would you possibly be? And here's the thing that's so disingenuous about this. What about Donald Trump makes him think that he was going to be for prison reform? The guy who, while he was running for president, still thinks the Central Park Five should be executed. For a crime that we know they didn't commit from DNA evidence. A guy whose who's, uh, own attorney general wants to start increasing punishment uh, for marijuana uh, uh, convictions and, 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 and getting um, uh, uh, rid of, um, you know, these, um, you know, um, what was it, you know, the nonviolent offender um, exceptions and, and to boost up the, the penalties again and do more private prisons. What is it about Don, Donald Trump's record that would give them any indication? That he had any idea, any interest in helping them, particularly because he then would have to go out and talk to his Charlottesville base and say, I have, mm-hmm. I have now had prison reform, so there'll be more brothers out of the joint earlier to be in your suburb. Right, right. Right, and, there is and, nothing he would have ever done for them. They know it. And what's even crazier to me is this. The black church, it used to be a time where one preacher could have massive amount of national power. Mm-hmm. This was supposedly the leader of every mega black church. So every mega black church has a preacher and that had the potential for so much power independent of Donald Trump. If they right. wanted to get together and they Thank wanted you. to effectuate change, there, there are senators they can address. There are programs they can put together with their own congregations. They have all the tools that they need. But this, I felt like, was more of a meeting for validation from oh, Trump. Oh, yeah, they, they, they also, also, these brothers are trying to, you know, sort of play themselves off as being big pastors. You know, you don't see Dollar out there. You don't see T.D. Jakes, all right, mm-hmm. who is really, you know, the, uh, you know, uh, you know, the mega pastor, right? The, 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 um, right. <laughs> um, uh, the, you know, Graham, um, of, of, of black preachers. Um, and so you know that these are brothers who are trying to basically establish themselves, but they're the second, third, fourth string of black preachers because any black preacher with any sense knew that this was not going to go over well, right? And, 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 and so, you know, 
I don't, and I, I guess again, there's always going to be those types. Um, hopefully, though, the rest of Black people have learned. Listen, Black people, if you're out there, if you go meet with the president, I promise you it's not going to go well for you. Right, there is right. nothing that the rest of us are going to go, oh, you know what? I'm so glad that this brother did this. All right. I remember the gospel group, Mary, Mary. It used to be Mary, Mary. They had great songs. All right. right. But now they just marry. How are you going to be a duet? Because one of the Marys came out for Trump before the election. All right. right. Now they, they, yeah. they got to hide her in the back. Right. And, and let her just do the voiceover and be like, no, that's not the other. That, that's not, that's, that, that's a voiceover track because uh, y'all going to y'all going to whoop the real Mary. Right. Snatch her ball. She come out here. Now they got to be one. Mary. So I, I, I've told everybody and I'll tell them again. There's only three ways that you're going to get Donald Trump to do anything. Way number one, bring Kim Kardashian. <laughs> way number two, bring Stormy Daniels. <laughs> way number three, bring Vladimir Putin. If you're not you bringing go. those three people, nothing is going to change. There you go. Um, you know, now we could. Now, now, on the other hand, though, we could always let um, LeBron get at him. Okay, <laughs> LeBron, LeBron, LeBron is hero. exactly. This is a big week for Don Lemon, though. All right, so he had oh, yeah. LeBron. On the show, I'm going to play the clip in which LeBron became, you know, uh, uh, he was already the king, but 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 now he is he's my king. All right, if I saw LeBron, I would bow. All right, like coming to America. <laughs> all right, next time I see him, he better have a big lion on his on, on, on you know coat on his chest right. uh, <laughs> because I want to see him like James Earl Jones. All right, so this is this is the part that got it. What would you say to the president if he's sitting right here? Uh, I would never sit across from him. He would never. You want to talk to him? No. I send that across from Barack, though. <laughs> Ooh. Now, you know, Trump was breaking all kind of stuff up in, the, you know, in Buckminster, wherever he is this week, uh, the, at the Motel 6 with some porn star, wherever he was. He was breaking up all kind of stuff up in there. Because you got to, you know, there ain't nothing. The only thing that, that 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 Trump hates worse than every other black person is Barack Obama. Yes, yes, and the exuberance with which LeBron threw that shade tree <laughs> so casually. Well, here's what I love about it, though: is here's what's crazy about it is that is a shade tree because he said he would like to meet Barack Obama. Now, what, he did. He exactly, did. But what exactly? But what decent person doesn't want to sit down with, Le, with Barack Obama? I don't care if you're if you're conservative. All right. Why would you not want to meet with an intelligent, thoughtful man who's been all over the world, met every world leader? How could he not be an interesting, all right, person to talk to? Now, people say, "Well, why wouldn't LeBron want to meet with Trump?" Because Trump is a, a man with a fourth grade vocabulary. Who might just grab you in the hoo ha? All right, I, I, I wouldn't meet with Trump. All right, I'm not going to sit there and meet with some moral degenerate. What the hell? I'm not. I'm not hanging on with pimps and hoes on the weekend. What the hell <laughs> would you ask the king to, to sit down with, with with them for? LeBron, but but Trump obviously uh, clapped back. Um, right. with, with a tweet. What was it? it? It was. It was either. I guess it was Saturday morning or Saturday late late Saturday night. Right. 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 And let me just read Trump's tweet. He says, uh, LeBron James was just interviewed by the dumbest man on television, Don Lemon. He made LeBron look smart, which isn't easy to do. I like Mike. So much problematic stuff with that Twitter statement. Now, granted, this is par for the course for Donald Trump. This is who is the leader of the free world right now, allegedly. <laughs> so, <laughs> according to Russia. So, thank you, thank you. If, so, if Putin says it, I believe it. All right. So the first thing is, uh, it goes without saying that historically, African Americans have always been insulted based on this theory that we have low IQs or are somehow dumber uh, than than the rest of the population. Mm-hmm. And to to take someone who is as established as Don Lemon. Uh, and someone who obviously has a good grasp of what's going on, like LeBron James, and to try to denigrate them based on some IQ that he, that Donald Trump himself hasn't even attained. Like, so, so to try to to try to come after them 
on that level, to me, is another offshoot of the dog whistle politics and racism that we're accustomed to. But then on top of that, he adds in this phrase, I like Mike, which I don't know if Donald Trump watched the whole interview in its entirety, but one of LeBron's biggest points was Donald Trump is trying to use sports to divide us. Mm -hmm. And what does Donald Trump go and do like an idiot? Use sports to try to <laughs> based on the debate of who is better, Mike or uh, LeBron. And on top of that, to add fuel to the fire, he got the slogan wrong. Thank you. It's not, uh, I like Mike, it's be like Mike. Thank you. So Donald Trump, to me, uh, has set record lows for president. It's almost to the point now where I have friends who go out and they do job interviews. And they come back and they call and they say, hey, man, thanks for the recommendation, but they told me I wasn't qualified. And I was like, well, whenever you go to do a job interview, you should take a picture of Donald Trump. <laughs> and if somebody tells you that you're not qualified, slide the picture and ask for a second opinion, right? Because if this guy is, is running the world, obviously uh, our standards of what is what is the adequate qualification are completely wrong. It is amazing to me in, in, in this respect because you're right. It's like, you know, the thing that bothers me about Trump the most here is that he doesn't pretend to be a smart guy. See, if he were a guy who were well-read, if he says, I'm always reading and studying, he's always the kind of guy who says, oh, no, no, I'm so smart. I don't even need to take the test. I don't even need to study for the test. Did you did you bone up for, for this meeting with uh with, with Kim Jong-un? Make sure, you know, you got all the policies right. I don't need that. I, I you know, I, 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 I'm a quick learner on my feet. And he's, he's like, he's the, he's the perfect C student. Right by his own admission, by his own habits, the guy watches TV all the time. The fact that he he was watching Don Lemon, obviously, right then, right. But but somehow he wants to say everybody else is stupid. A, a guy who couldn't tell you the last book he read, including the two he supposedly wrote, is is, is always calling. Well, I'm sorry, black people stupid. Maxine Waters is still low IQ, right? Mm -hmm. and, and and so right. You know, part of it is is, is that, but. Even as mad as I was at Trump, this is what I got up Saturday morning, saw that tweet myself, and I went on Facebook and said, look, all right, uh, Mike, Ike, uh, Mike and Ike, um, you know, wh 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 whatever you want to go by now, good and plenty, uh, Michael Jordan, uh, the coon clock is running. You got 24 hours to clap back on this. Because because black right. folks, all of us are watching with our mouth open. Like, what you gonna do now? It, it, it was like it was like that the fourth quarter of that game against Utah, right? And in Game yeah, Six, right, right. right, where he did the crossover and put put Russell on on the ground. We're like we're waiting for the for for, for the crossover. Um, it wasn't quite as impressive um, as Game Six of the championship. Absolutely. Well, you know, the, the first problem with the statement is it didn't necessarily come from him. Like the first part of the statement is it, it came from one of his people, right? So obviously it well to me that tells me either that he's not up on social media and maybe, mm -hmm. you know, he's just not of that generation. Um, right. or it tells me that he didn't care, right? Uh, you got called out honest, by name. We know darn well. <laughs> we know darn well that, that Michael Jordan wasn't the one who wrote that statement, right? Comes from his, and basically they woke him up and said, "Hey, Mike, uh, <laughs> this is what happened overnight. We just draft this statement." And he was like, "Why are you telling me? Just put it out there." And where's my helicopter? I, I, I ordered a new helicopter with number twenty-three on both sides. Last time you sent me one, I had the left side. I want to have twenty-three on both sides with my picture like this because, damn it, where my no. helicopter? He wasn't thinking about this statement, but his statement is, um, I like this, uh, and I don't like this. His, his statement was, uh, I'm trying to find it here. Oh, um, I, I, I support LJ, uh, Jordan told NBC News through his spokesperson, i.e. the spokesperson said it, Michael was in bed. Uh, he's doing an amazing job for his community. Hmm. I guess that's... Three benign, Vanilla oh, statements. Uh, vanilla, that's clear. That ain't no vanilla. Vanilla got <laughs> What's wrong with you? That, that that is shaved ice. That's just ice. 
All right, well, they, they even <laughs> ice milk. That is ice. Where is the flavor in that? Now, let's I guess show that Shannon Sharp. Um, by the way, I, I, am I the only one who could listen to Shannon all day? Shannon Sharp is what we need in journalism. I hate to eliminate him to sports. I can't wait till CNN makes his major offer to give Shannon his show. Uh, and, and he could talk about political issues and actually, uh, can you imagine a Shannon Sharp interview with Donald Trump? Can no. you imagine that? Can you- <laughs> no, because because uh, uh, Shannon um, might have already had a little. Um, he always talk about his Hennessy and his um, uh, black and miles. Um, black so and miles. Very very likely. Miles and that hen dog. Thank you. It is very, very likely uh, that Shannon Sharp is going to whoop the shit out of Donald Trump. Uh, so, so no, let's let's pray that they don't ever get together. For um, <laughs> here's what Shannon had to say, and I want to get cue a couple of comments here. Man, he's it's some good comments here. So he's talking about Michael, and he says, "I love this." I mean, he wants to swim, but he doesn't want to get wet. You see what he did? Oh, no, you support on. LJ? You support Edwards? What? As a father? As a family man? What, what what are you what actually are you supporting? You see, Skip, Michael wants to swim. I mean, wants to swim, but he doesn't want to get wet. You see what he did? Mm. Michael wants to swim, but he doesn't want to get wet. And then he went in on it at the very end here, and um, and, and basically said, you know, what what should have happened? Like that at LeBron? Nah, that's not how we. That's not how we're supposed to do it. Simple as this. Ken or skin, we ride. You take a shot at us, we take a shot back at you. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to let you burn my house down, and all I'm going to do is run over your mailbox. Nah, bro, I'm coming back at you. Believe that. Mm. I want to see that interview. <laughs> that. I, ch- I changed my mind. I want to see him say to Donald Trump, nah, bro, believe that. Shannon <laughs> <laughs> Sharp, he, he's been my hero. I, sometimes I watch this show and I'm like, does Skip Bayless know what they were signing, <laughs> signing him up for? Because Shannon Sharp obviously he's come on this show with the Hennessy, with the Black and Miles, this do-rag on <laughs> and do the show. He's not going to change. I love it. And I think that he has done more for, for this to be a sports show. He has done more to, to advocate for the black community, be it mm, in the NFL, uh, protesting or anything, than anybody else. Uh, and, and I guess that's because he figures I'm Shannon Sharp, and if you want to get rid of me, you'll get rid of me, but it's going to be a fight. You know what I'm <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, you know, but that's what you're Believe that. <laughs> Believe that. And, 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 and you know, let's be clear here with, with Michael Jordan, right? Every, uh, you know, um, basketball or, you know, celebrity, does not have to be a social justice warrior, right? You can just play your sport. You can just, you know, excel at what you do. Say, hey, I'm going to stay out of this. But here's the thing about it is the president pulled him into this one, right? The president pulled him in and said, look, I like Mike. Mike is my boy. And at that point, you either have to say, hey, I'm going to be the president's boy or um, I'm going I'm to I'm pull the high heels off my Air Jordans pull off this miniskirt and tell him that on behalf of all black people, he can kiss all of our shiny black asses. All right. Those to me are the two choices. And it's me. But he didn't let the the people at Nike write a statement for him, which was the mildest thing. Even Melania, give you an example of this. Even Melania says she supports the work he does at the school. Melania even agreed to go to the school. Now, how the heck is Melania, the president's wife, going to clap back harder than you? Well, see, and that's why I pull back my attacks on Melania. That's why I pull back. Because I feel like, I, I said this before in podcasts earlier, but I feel like somewhere there's a milk box in Slovenia where Melania is <laughs> on the side of it. And, and I think she's trapped in that marriage. I think she's trapped in that relationship. I think she knows half the stuff that the president say is ridiculous. Uh-huh. Um, and I think that she never wanted to be first lady. So I don't want to hold her to a standard of something that she she didn't want. And to me, can you imagine the degree of courage that it took for her to be like, no, I'm going to go on this social media platform right. and publicly disagree with my bonehead husband you know what I'm saying? about LeBron James opening up a school. And hope that he might ask for me to come. Now, if I was LeBron James, I'm asking her to come. 
because we're going to do a photo op with all the kids. And oh, the oh, oh, I'm going to be all hugged up on your woman. I'm going to be all, 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 all on on Melania. You're like, look. Oh man, is that be you know be be she, she be sitting in my lap on the on on the photo just just to, you know what that would do you know what that would do to the president's base right they, they would their heads would explode to see that their right. idea of and here's what why I I should be wrong because I I've had to confess I've I've renamed her Hotis and that's wrong. I'm so pray for me. All right. I know I'm wrong. All right. I should not call the floatis hotis. Um, but I'm not calling the floatis either because the floatis is Michelle Obama. All right. The classy. Right. Absolutely. I ain't seen Nikki yet. All right. So, so Melania got to get a different name, whatever name that is. All right. Um, but here's why I probably should be, you know, not so harsh, but why it bothers me about Melania. How many times have I, I've, you've seen, I've seen people say, I'm going to call them people uh, generously uh, that, you know, when Melania came back to the White House, she brought class back to it. Mm, 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 mm. Now, now, you know what an insult that is. Exactly. You can't say uh, you can't look at those two women side by side and say class. You know, if if you think Melania is, is is pretty or whatever, that's a matter of taste. You're wrong, but that's okay. But but you can't say that down any measure that she had more class than the Harvard Law educated. All right, good talking, right? <laughs> good mama in. All right, brought her grandmama, brought brought grandma to 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 the White House. So they have three generations, right? And, you know, there is no. Would say about this woman, Michelle Obama, from a class standpoint. All right. And for you to sort of basically do that, basically, you said basically that the, the lowest white woman would be better than the best sister. I mean, but that's what they've been saying for years. That, that's, that's what America's been saying. White supremacy, that, that's the, the <laughs> definition of it. And, and so I've been taking out Melania. It's not her fault. You know, she, she couldn't help it. You know, she accidentally married. You don't know the hell she could help it. She knew he was a piece of shit. She was, come on. She, she know him better than anybody else. All right. You marry, you, you marry a moral degenerate. And, and I'm not going to, no, I'm not going to give you no credit for that. All right. I don't care if you got $2 billion. All right. I'm sorry. $2 billion. I, I don't, I don't know. Russians. I don't like the hustle, man. I think like if you come <laughs> over from a, a developing nation and this rich dude wants to obviously lavish you with uh, gold elevators and furs and cars and all this stuff, he's basically tricking off. I mean, it's it's pretty much a duty. If, if that's the kind of person you want to be, it's your no, duty to take him for everything no, no. he got. That's no. <laughs> Here, here's where, no, here's where, here, here's where I think it is, it's different. Remember that woman who was doing the same thing with uh, Sterling, Donald Sterling from the Clippers? Yep. She was I'm getting right. her Porsches, getting her stuff. And what she do for the culture, she went ahead and made the tape. And, and got him on out the NBA. That's what you do. All right. You, you think about it. You know all the porn stars he was doing. You make the porn star tape. All right. And get him off there. That's what you do for the culture. All right. You go ahead and get your, get your, get your Porsche. All right. I'm sure that sister, you know, um, from Donald Sterling's woman, you know, he's got some nice trinkets and toys. But at the end of the day, you, you come on back and, 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 and come on back to access Hollywood for us. All right. But anyway, we, I'm just not the Melania show. We, we done with her. Um, <laughs> you know, now, now Jordan, no, and, and we talked about this earlier to me, forget, you know, I'm not going to clap back on, on, on Jordan because I, I, you know, I think the bottom line is, is not that Jordan, uh, it dislikes black people. Um, let's be honest. Right. Jordan just don't give a damn about nobody but Jordan. Mm. He wasn't like he was sitting at home on Saturday going, ooh, I'd like to strike back for black people, but ooh, the shoe money. I can't let the shoe money go. He got enough shoe money. I think, quite frankly, Jordan ain't thought about it since they told him about the statement. Yeah, man. You know, like, I, I personally feel, you know, as, as a North Carolinian, uh-huh. I feel that Michael Jordan hasn't really been a black person in a long time. And what I mean by that <laughs> is, you know, uh, for certain black people who are endowed with certain gifts and talents, there's this sense of I no longer belong to the community. Right. You have to remember, Michael Jordan was great since high school. Mm-hmm. So ever since high school, people were kissing butt, saying, oh, he's awesome. Oh, he's great. Oh, he's this. And it's almost what we would consider to be the OJ factor. Like, I'm not black anymore. I'm OJ, except for instead of I'm right. OJ, you're, I'm MJ, right? Mm-hmm. 
So I'm, I'm a brand. I'm something different. White people love me. Black people love me. That's fine. And I think that in so doing, he was very crafty and intelligent about marketing his, his legacy, which is you know athletically incredible, and marketing his shoes so that he will always be able to generate the business that he needs to take him to the place where he wants to be. I don't think that he ever really cared so much about social issues because I think about all the things that kind of happened around him. So I think about, you know, I remember when his, his, his father uh, was murdered and that was a big story here. Right? right. And it was, you know, it was one of those things where like, it seemed like they were just, everybody was just trying to sweep the story under the rug. So Michael could keep being Michael. Like it's almost like there's out of, there's an out of touch with reality type feel for it. And I would love, you know, Michael, if you're listening, I'd love for you to come on the show and tell us you know, what it is. You can drop me off some joints. Uh, <laughs> tell us what's really going on. But um, it, I just feel like he's at a, a, a plateau at this point that he doesn't, he, he may not even understand the context of the statement anymore because he's so far beyond quote unquote black. Well, here's what you need to understand, brother. I better not see you in no Jordans. All right, I, I better not. <laughs> we gonna be fighting. I'm gonna be wearing my Crocs. All right, but you better not be in no Jordans. All right, <laughs> if you wear some Jordans, they better say Juanita across them. All right, you can wear <laughs> Juanita Jordans, but you they ain't will. wearing half, half of them. Half of them will. One of them. But you better. Be, and and the thing about Michael Jordan is, you know, is that I, I gotta say this for far as you know, because the thing that's interesting is Shannon Sharp, for example. You know, every day. On, on sports talks, all they argue about every day is who's greatest, LeBron and Jordan. And just for you not sports people, there's all these stats involved. But the bottom line is, is that they're comparable players with stats and, and great accomplishments. You know, they're both transcendent figures. But Michael Jordan has more championships than LeBron James. Now, LeBron has been in more championships, but he keeps losing. Right. So he's three and nine in championship series. Jordan is six and oh. And there's always the argument that Jordan, you know, is the greater, is the greater basketball player. And as a result of that, and he's called the goat, the greatest of all time. And I'm going to say simply this forget the basketball part. He can no longer be called the goat. We know that the goat came from Muhammad Ali saying he was the greatest of all time. And if mm-hmm. you cannot clap back against this fool in the White House, you can't be the greatest of all time. You could be the greatest basketball player ever. So what is that? The GBE, whatever that be, GB, GBPE. That's what you are. You're the Goobapoo. Mm-hmm. All right, Jordan, you're the Goobapoo. All right, but you're not going to be the GOAT. Ali's legacy is too sacred. All right. And the thing that Jordan, I think, does understand is that he always has LeBron beat on the court. But what will stop him from being considered the greatest of all time ever will be the off the court stuff. And so just try to keep up with LeBron there and then you will be the greatest. He's not going to catch you on the court, but he's going to catch you. All right. If he becomes, you know, <laughs> the person in history who's, you know, who, 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 if he becomes both, um, what was that? Uh, Tommy Johnson and, and, and I'm sorry, John Carlos and Tommy Smith. Right, the two brothers in 1968, and Jordan is on the other hand, uh, George Foreman, right, yeah. sitting there, you know, waving that flag and selling grills. Uh, you want to be Ali, right? right. And, and I think one of the things is, you know, and this is this is a good lesson for the black community in general, especially those preachers we were talking about earlier. Um, <laughs> I think that part of being black in America and having a voice to advocate for the community is being willing to lose something. Mm, uh, yes. Dr. King lost his life. Malcolm X lost his life. Huey Newton lost his life. Um, you know, Muhammad Ali lost his liberty, right? So they took his they took his championships because he wouldn't go fight in the war. They took his championships. They tried to take you know everything from him. They claimed they took his name, but he came back with a name that was even stronger. Think about it. They so, took three. They, they took three of his of the best years of his career, right? I mean, they took right. a lot from him. Right. Right. And what they were hoping is that young Cassius Clay was going to turn around, you know, bow down to the government and say, you know what? Um, I, I'm sorry. I just want to get my status back because the status is what America misleads you with. They make it seem like success is only about 
uh, what you can attain. But that's not really what it's about. We all have a responsibility to the communities that we come from, the communities that we serve. So when he didn't, what Muhammad Ali did was the opposite. He got blacker. Right. So, so he started hanging out with Elijah Muhammad. He started hanging out right. with Fruit of Islam, Malcolm X. He started going on everybody's TV show. And this is at a time where black people on TV was still kind of novel. Mm. He was going around everybody's TV show talking about uh uh Viet <laughs> uh, Cong ain't never called me no N-word. Like there he, you go. he was being abrasive and flagrant and flamboyant. And the the decision makers were like, hey, it's good television, so we got to keep them coming on, which spread the message because everybody's watching. Second, it made people who did not enjoy or appreciate that message uh, really tune in to the fights that he had subsequent to the message because they were rooting for the other guy. Like they wanted to see Muhammad Ali get humbled. They wanted to see him get leveled. And when he didn't, he kept fighting regardless and still kept going to the community. Uh, there are stories that everybody has. My mother-in-law tells me this great story about growing up in Newark. And when Muhammad Ali came to Newark, he would train in Newark. I don't know how many people have actually been through Newark, but it's a very black city. Okay? <laughs> he would actually come in and run through Newark. And she actually met him. He would wave, take pictures with people. He was truly a man of the people uh, in black America. And I think that regardless of his record, because I think ultimately he ended up losing like five fights out right. of 60 or something. So re- regardless of the losses and setbacks that he got largely mm-hmm. at the end of his career, um, nobody will ever forget what he did through the judicial system and challenging the action that the government did, uh, what he did for our spirit as a people. Because at that time, I feel like we're coming out of Jim Crow. People were kind of broken. And to have somebody say, I'm black. I'm not going to change. I'm going to do what I want to do. I got money. Ha, ha, ha. Laugh. You know, like you could be mad about it. Come do something. You know what I'm <laughs> to have that was a spark for black America to feel like, okay, well, that's how I want to be. I want to be proud. I want to own stuff. And I think that's why we, we've developed this uh, hope that our athletes will be more like Ali, more like LeBron. They, they come from the same neighborhoods we do. They see the problems that we're dealing with, and they actually have money and a platform and opportunity to change it. The problem is LeBrons are the exception, right? right? And more people are busy trying to be rappers or, <laughs> or glamorize their lifestyle to make us want to have the material things they have, they've lost the message or the reason as to why they were getting this stuff in the first place. That instead of going on a platform and saying, I want to build a school, I want to build housing, or I want to improve life for the community I came from, they say, oh, no, I'm, I'm with Lala. Or they'll say, oh, oh no, I'm, you know, we in San Tropez, you know, get on my level. Like like stuff like that. No, no, um, you're, you're, and with you're, Michael you're Jordan, right. Yeah. And with Michael Jordan, clear. I think it plays into that. We should be clear also because Michael Jordan isn't, for instance, you know, he's given money to, um, I guess, the NAACP, um, or, um, you know, I'm sure he's given tons of money to the United Negro College Fund. You know, it's not that he is, you know, but, but he was not, like you said, ever willing to let anything down. He was never willing to, to stand up. And it reminds me of the difference between like Joe Frazier and Muhammad Ali. Right. Between the two of them is, you know, it's, it's hard to argue that that one is that much better um, as, as a boxer than the other. They have a comparable record. Uh, they had, um, you know, right. fights between them. They won one and, and, and you know, and, and uh, they Foreman or Frazier um, won one. Ali won two of them. But, you know, pitch battles, mm-hmm. you know, very comparable men. But I remember when uh, Ali died, the day he died, I was on a, a trip somewhere and uh, people lost their minds. It was like almost like the day Michael Jackson died. And by the way, it wasn't even like Ali was young and unexpected, right? But still, there was something about it. I have been to two rich white people's houses, and and the first thing they wanted to show me, the first, wasn't their, you know, a Picasso or their 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 great art. It wasn't the 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 salad bowl or or, or even the you know the Lamborghini in in the garage. The first thing both of these guys wanted to show me, you know, it was their signed Muhammad Ali gloves. That's right. 
that is who you are when you're willing to give something up when you when you remain a principal. Um, I don't imagine that forty years from now someone's going to show me their their signed uh, Michael Jordan shoe. Um, and maybe, but 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 I think that there's something you know that that Jordan is missing here. So hopefully he'll get it, but he ain't gonna get, get it um, uh, f- 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 from us um, because um, I, I don't think Jordan listened to this show. <laughs> and, but if you, <laughs> well, do, you never know, man. We know. <laughs> uh, I know because I, I can take a while because I, I I think Jordan is um, is basically listening to um, himself. Um, but, but maybe he, 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 he's still a young man. He's only 60. So maybe he'll, he'll eventually, uh, grow out of this. Um, we gotta talk for, for a second before we get going here because we gotta talk about the, the big political race and what happened in St. Louis. Oh, yes. So many of you may remember, uh, Robert McCullum. He was the, uh, district attorney for St. Louis County, uh, during the time when Mike Brown, uh, was killed by Officer Darren Wilson, and he decided that he was not going to be prosecuting said officer, despite the fact that uh, this was, well, to, to our viewpoint, definitely a homicide. Right. So um, he was running this campaign on being tough on crime and blah, blah, blah. And he was uh, upended by a young black former uh, former public defender, uh, former councilman by the name of Wesley Bell and what the pundits and, and newspapers around the nation are calling a rebuke of antiquated authority and antiquated political systems. And this guy has vowed to bring all kinds of change, but just to see him, young, black, curly top fro, um, Looks like he's ready for battle, educated. He obviously runs a savvy campaign. And to see the massive numbers of black people from Ferguson, his hometown, there you go, right? Ferguson coming out to vote, it just is refreshing because we live in a time where we're seeing uh, all these people that were so supportive of Trump uh, slowly one by one going to jail or, or at least going to trial, snitching <laughs> on each other. And it makes you feel like democracy doesn't work anymore. But you see, these local elections are really what drives the economy. If the local elections uh, are where your your voice can get through, and that's where the greatest changes happen, and that's where movements start. So this guy is he's wanting cash bail uh, to end cash bail systems for low level crimes. Uh, he wants more drug court instead of sending low level uh, offenders into any kind of extended punishment. He wants to do away with the death penalty. Uh, this guy has plans, like, and I'm, I'm always I look at these plans with a grain of salt because working in our industry, I know that there are certain uh, upper level statutes, regulations, and positions that will make sure they correct you and put you back on course <laughs> if you go too far off. But I'm always optimistic to see somebody, particularly somebody young, who's coming in and who wants to make decisive changes that they feel like will improve the community because that's what we missed. Uh, the most important thing that he's looking at is he wants to bring in uh, special prosecutors to look into cases where officers are charged with a, a shooting. And that was really what we were trying to advocate for Bob McCulloch to do. Mm-hmm. I remember sending a letter about this and I wrote a letter to Bob McCulloch and to uh, the Missouri bar about the situation. Nobody responded. <laughs> I'm still waiting if y'all want to send me something. But uh, but all I was saying was, you know, just get a special prosecutor. We can't trust that you're not going to be biased in prosecuting uh, officers that you work with. So get a special prosecutor. Well, this guy seems to already have it on the ball. So I'm optimistic about Wesley Bell. I'm excited about Wesley Bell. And, uh, you know, I'm looking at him. I'm looking at Andrew Gillum in, in Florida. Uh, running for governor and the face of politics in America, I feel like is changing. And I'm hoping that this is a trend that we're going to continue. Let me just say this. I'm not a glass half full um, person. I'm more like a thimble seven eighth empty. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm generally, uh, a little pessimistic about things. Uh, if you're a praying person, I want you to pray for, for brother, um, <laughs> uh, Wesley Bell, because it's a couple of things he's trying to do. You know, for a prosecutor, the big decision is which cases you're going to prosecute and which ones you're going to go after. Yeah. 
And so often, you know, prosecuting offices go after the low-level uh, crimes against people of color and, and, and poor people because those are people who have the least access to fight for it, to, to complain, et cetera. And he wants to do just the opposite. So one of the things he says he wants to refuse, he's going to refuse to charge and dismiss marijuana possession cases. Now, Sorry. in Missouri, there is no medical marijuana. I mean, there, there is no uh, legalized or, you know, recreational marijuana law. He's just simply going to not prosecute those cases. That is a huge decision. On the other hand, what he wants to do is to have more fraud and corruption cases. You got a contract with the government, you're overbilling them. Um, Then he wants to sort of put more resources to that, which makes more sense. You're saving more money, right? Than the person who's smoking, you know, pot, not costing you anything. The the challenge is that um, if you do too many of these, uh, you you could end up, oh, I don't know, dead. (laughs) <laughs> because, you know, you right. decide that you're going to go after rich people's pockets, um, you know, you, you strange things happen, right? Um, so That's I want to pray for the brother because he's really got a, you know, uphill battle. The people who give money for campaigns are the people who get into government contracts, right? So, um, you know, I can imagine you'll have a huge challenger when he comes up for re, re, re-election. Someone's well-funded. Um, but hopefully, you know, the brother can, can help. I think what a lot of us can do, vote on a local level and start to maybe even do um you know more um i guess will be the word for it um you know to really be more proactive about about these local elections in, in every respect mm-hmm. I, I had a situation recently where the our primaries are coming up and you know i i some, someone asked like you know between the two i realized i usually don't even pay a lot of attention to local elections i vote because in arizona we make it almost impossible not to vote we have mail-in ballots you gotta be a real jackass to not vote i mean literally all you have to do is put even you don't have to put a stamp on it all you gotta do is put it in your mailbox like how lazy could you not be to vote right but you do have to be proactive enough to get educated about it i've been voting a lot recently over the last few years just by last name uh, Jacksons, Johnsons, I always got my vote. Um, if you, you know, if, if your name is Martinez, um, you know, um, you know, uh, Tanaka, right? I, I can kind of vote that way. Uh, people of color. Um, but sometimes you're just like a bit tricky. You know, you find a white Leroy Johnson every once in a while, fool you. Right. Um, and, 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 you know, but I go on the website, maybe look at the picture. But the point is, though, is that, you know, it's not just enough, even by the way, to vote for just a Democrat. But to find a person who really is in, you know, is, 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 is in your, you know, supports the issues that are important to us and not realizing that, you know, a lot of Democrats don't, but there's always someone in the local race who does. And a lot of times those people just don't get the backing because we don't take the time to, to really look because, you know, there's a D in the name and we just sort of pick the first D. And to really, you know, Absolutely. take a look on these, these ballots and make sure that we have someone to choose from, you know, that, that, that we, you know, has our issues at heart and not to take our black vote for granted. You know, you can be a D, but make sure you get the right D. Well, my, my biggest thing is I just want to understand, uh, help our beautiful black brothers and sisters understand that it's not just about who's running for president. Okay. In in the grand scheme of things, the president has a lot of responsibilities and a lot of power to do things. But most of the president's job is going to be centered around the concept of enforcement and basically making sure that the boat called America still sails. Okay. But the people who really make change are going to be your local leaders. They're the people who are going to enact any kind of punishment for uh, police authorities if they're going to be convicted or if they're going to be charged with anything. Uh, they're going to decide where your roads are going to go, what stoplights you're going to have, what the makeup of your school system is going to be, whether or not they're going to fund public schools or just give it all to the charters. Uh, like <laughs> those are the people who you really want to uh, investigate. And, I, and you know, I used to catch a lot of flack for this because when I was in law school, I used to ask very tough questions. Even now I ask very tough questions of people who are running for office for my vote. And those questions were often frowned upon. Uh, in the social setting that I was asking them in. But I think it's fair game if you're asking for my vote. So I think ask questions. If you want to know, like let's say, not saying that a lot of you all are, are weed smokers, but if you are a weed smoker, then I would guess that if somebody is out here saying that they don't want to charge people criminally for marijuana, you might want to make sure that you ask questions to ensure that they actually believe that. And this is not <laughs> something you know, catering to the demographic. 
Um, if, if you want to see certain changes happen, it's hard for me to listen to or address complaints that people have about the federal government if you don't understand that the federal government really has limited power over what's going on in your city or state, right? So if, if the people aren't taking federal money and it's not a violation of your civil rights, then federal government's not really going to be involved. They can't really help you. <laughs> um, so, so most of your stuff, your, your health care, your education systems, your police powers, all that stuff is going to be at the state level. And that breaks down into most places, counties or your county local level. Right. So get out there and vote. Get out there. Learn your politicians. Know these people. Don't ever feel like you can't ask them a question. And if they don't answer the question in the way that you want them to answer the question or if they're rude to you or they're dismissive or whatever the case may be. Remember that when you go in here and vote. And I would encourage you to also go and vote in these primaries, because what a lot of people do is they wait till the general election because they feel like they vote mm-hmm. doesn't matter until the general election. But you can't get the people you want if they've been weeded out after the primary. So get to know these people, go to the primary, vote. If you're not registered, make sure that you go to your county board of elections, get registered. Um, I'm not going to tell you what party you need to register for, but I will say Barack Obama was a Democrat and Trump is a Republican. You can do with that what you will. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Whatever you feel like serves your interest the best, go ahead and do that. Or you can be no party affiliation. There's nothing wrong with that as well, but you won't be able to vote in the primary. So uh, go out, get involved, and definitely, and, and if you have any candidates or anybody that you think we should focus on, please reach out. Um, we can be reached on our Facebook page, Brothers in Law, B R U T H A S N. Law, L-A-W, or brothersinlaw at gmail.com. And definitely reach out to us. Uh, let us know who's looking good in your area. And if it's somebody that we research and we like, we might promote them or we might not. You know, maybe so we don't like. Who knows? But at least you would have known that you tried to get that information to us. And we can know that our listeners are informed listeners, which is what we want you to be. Absolutely. We also want you to know, most importantly, all right, Skin or can we ride? All right, Shannon said it. Absolutely, that's going to be the name, name of the show. And thanks so much for being here, everybody. See you next time.